We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Good morning. Good morning, grinders. Kind of good. We went, we went a little downhill there. Good morning, grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Wednesday, March 9th. Still got NBA, right? Still got a 12-game slate today. Oh my God. It's gonna be, it's gonna be total pain in the ass. We got what? Two games at seven, one game at 7:30, three, four, four games at eight. Two at 8.30, two at 10, and one at 10.30. 12 games late, our injured list has 24 players on it, which includes LeBron and Ingram and Vooch and Russell and Wood and Suggs and Vanderbilt and Van Vliet and Bones Highland and Beverly and Brunson, Mitchell Robinson, Devin Booker's questionable, Anthony Simons, Anthony Edwards, Will Barton, Jeremy Lamb, who knows what's going to happen? Is there even a point in talking about this today? By the time we get to the end, some of these people will be in. Half of these people will be out. Value will open up. Who knows? I mean, if we're going to get the news. Look, the Boston-Charlotte game has no no injury designated players on it, and that's the first game, right? So we're not going to get Minnesota news. We're going to get LeBron. Probably ends up playing. Where's when's the Lakers playing? The Lakers are playing at 8. Chicago's playing at seven. Okay, so that's for Vooch. Uh, and and Houston is playing at eight. So you're not going to know about that. Maybe Fred VanVleet, Toronto, when are they playing? They're playing at 8.30, and that's against the Spurs. And, of course, with the Spurs, you never know what's going to happen with them. This is going to be a mess. This is going to be an absolute Dallas. When is Dallas playing? 8.30, great. I mean, welcome. you're going to be using the late swap tool today, okay? You're going to be using this rebuild late swap function in lineup HQ which you could get with the Roto Grinders premium membership. Click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. But uh, but uh, we're, we're going to talk about some stuff today, I guess. Uh, you know, looking in the YouTube chat, I answer always answer your questions, right? Sometimes, sometimes I get a, a little ticked off if I see uh, names that I recognize answering questions that I've answered like 700 times before. But most of the time, I try to help you guys out. So it, it, we need to pick up pick up the slack in in the YouTube chat. 
Suki Singh, as always, as most of the time, in, in as early as possible with the good morning. Ryan Johnson, Matt Mears, Daniel Hutchins, Shannon Lambert, uh, Ryan Johnson, and they're all, they're all, they're a bunch of them are in there. Devin, Devin's here back again, overseeing everything. Give a, give a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Give me those tummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Or if you're not new, if you haven't subscribed, right? And uh, and uh, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Remember, go over to YouTube Scores and Odds page, right? We got, we got a new channel, Scores and Odds channel. Hopefully, they'll come up with the, at least some type of URL, some type of forwarding URL, something. Because I have to, in order to give you the URL, I'd have to give you the nuclear launch codes to, uh, to, to Belarus or something in order to recite that URL, uh, but uh, go to YouTube, search for scores and odds and, and subscribe to, to that channel. And we would have a bunch of betting content up there. Uh, Grant's doing his live lock show at two o'clock in the afternoons, Eastern time from Monday through Friday over there. Uh, and there's going to be plenty of, plenty of new content over there. Also uh, l- looking at the schedule with, uh, for, for both, both the premium members as well as the free stuff, we may, we're may we going to have some college basketball stuff, some MMA stuff for premium members. We're going to be NHL. We have NHL Grinders Live now, right? So if you're playing hockey, I think twi- twice a week during the weekdays, there's uh, the, in three o'clock in the afternoon, we're going we're gonna to have any, if you're going to play hockey, we, we got Grinders Live for hockey. So definitely subscribe to the channel, both channels. Check everything out at rotogrinders.com. We don't got a forum anymore. I know that I, that's where I used to read all, all, the, all the cool stuff. I, I lurked in the forums a lot on Rotogrinders when I first started in 2015. But we got a Discord now. And it's pretty pretty popular Discord. We got, we got some free channels. Now, I'm not saying that there's that much participation in the free channels, but the premium stuff every day, like NHL channel, the NBA channel, the, the MMA, uh, soccer when, you know, Saturday mornings uh, for, for EPL or Champions League on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, that's that's pretty active. So uh, so sign up for Roto Grinders Premium and you get, you get access to the Discord. And I have my own channel there, Blender's Game Theory. And it's not heavily active, but I answer the same type of questions that I answer here, I answer, I answer in there. So uh, if, if you're if you're struggling with uh, with game theory, with uh, with DFS strategy, and there's also tons of other smart people in that channel that, uh, that have a worth worthwhile discussions in there. And uh, and I also do group coaching calls in there. So like we get on Zoom, we have, you know, like, it's like private coaching. People have always asked me. I've asked for two years. Do you do private coaching? And it's like I I. I feel like anything that I tell you privately, I say on this show, I, I do publicly, I do a podcast. It's like, I don't feel like, I'm, why am I taking your money? You could buy my course, right? Theoryofdfs.com. But people like individualized support. So so as part of your Roto-Grinders premium membership, and if you're in that uh, Blender's Game Theory channel, uh, about once a week, uh, I do uh, private coaching in a group setting. So it's like a small group on Zoom and people go one at a time. They share their screens. They, we talk about whatever you want to talk about. Go over your play and everything. Uh, our our next our next our next Zoom call is tomorrow night at eight o'clock Eastern. So if you sign up for premium and join that channel, you'll have access to that as well. And uh, let's see, going through the YouTube chat. Uh, let's see, anything going on in there? Uh, I'm usually a 10 man 50, 50 player today. Entered a 500 person field. How should I change my strategy? Uh, for cash games. I mean, for a double up, nothing. I mean, really there's a little bit of nuance there, depending on the fit, like truthfully, the 10 man 50, 50s are, are, are typically not the best 50, 50s. You, you, not the softest. I don't want to use terms like best and worst. Uh, typically if you're playing cat, what, in DFS, we'd consider cash games. It's a poker terminology. Uh, so that double ups, head to heads, triple ups, I guess, three mans, five mans, stuff, you know, stuff like that, where it's not a progressive payout curve uh, for, for, for when, when, where you place and where you win money. Typically, you want more people in your double ups because you, you're more likely to get weaker opponents. So if you're playing 10 man 50 50s, for instance, on, on FanDuel, well, I don't know if FanDuel doesn't do 10-man. I think they do 20-mans. But uh, 
if the, let's say there's there's 20 man 50 50s on on FanDuel. Like they have 20 mans, they have 50 mans, they have 100 man 50 50s, uh, depending at the at the price point. Now in a 20 man 50 50, it's quite possible that you know the 15 to 20 sharpest players in the lobby are playing every contest, right? So they're in everything. So if you're going to play a 20-man 50-50 on, on FanDuel, you go into that entrance tab, who's in there, you're more likely to see, you know, out of your 20 opponents, you may know 16, 17, 18, may look and it's like, oh, it's, it's, all, it's all the sharpest players that are not, are not, are rarely going to make mistakes, right? You're probably going to be a 2v2 between most, most of the field. It's going to be come down to, you know, the, this center and that small forward versus the, and everyone else has the same seven other players type of thing. Now, when you play a hundred man, 50, 50, now those 16 to 20 sharp players only represent like 20% of the field. So you're more likely to get random, less, less good players, right? Weaker players that may make more mistakes. So like I could go into a 50-50 on, on, on fan. For instance, I mean, let me let me take a look. Okay, because I played yesterday on FanDuel. Uh I mean, I didn't win my I, I lost money. Uh lost money. Jackson Hayes just died. What happened to him yesterday? It's not like Kevin Looney did any better. I was deciding between Hayes and Looney for my for my last spot on FanDuel. And I decided since I was playing Herbert Jones anyway, and I was playing Pelicans, I was like, just give me all the points. It wouldn't matter. Looney only had like 18 points or something on FanDuel anyway. Uh, let's go into my history. Yeah, Cole Anthony got injured. Durant decided not to play. Uh, let's see. Can I go into like a 50-50? Okay, so I'm just going to, I mean, I'm going to go into places. Let's see. Let's see, where do I find this? Typically, I don't look through my history on, on FanDuel much. So can I find, can I find like a 100-man 50-50? Okay, this is from this is from okay, okay. Now okay, now I'm finding it. Okay, here we go. Right. I still want some uh, some some uh head tags, right? Even like you know, $50 head tags or whatever, that's fine. Right. So I'm going through. So let's say I'm going one dollar, five dollar, fifty fifty. So let's go into a, a two dollar a two dollar fifty fifty with a hundred a hundred players in it. Okay, so this is yesterday on FanDuel. Okay, my lineup. 295.9. And as you can see here, I had Cole Anthony, Ball, Payne, McCollum, Durant, Miles Bridges, Jackson Hayes, Herbert Jones, and Andre Drummond. It's not a, not a horrible lineup, but uh, yeah, when Kevin Durant only puts up 23 and uh, and Giannis puts up 68, that's that's going to be a problem. But you can see here, look, I mean, look at the ownership of my lineup. I, I mean, you're going to be playing the chalk. I mean, that's the whole point. So you go through here and like, I'm going to go through Here's all the entries. I can't scroll, so I have to go next. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look for like like someone I recognize, right? I recognize some of these guys, but I'm just saying like like someone like McLovin, right? I go through some some stuff over here. Let's see, three eighteen. Uh, let's see. And a lot of a lot, oh, oh this oh I can't find because I because. This is a two dollar double up, and someone like McLovin is restricted from from this uh, from this contest. I, I'm not restricted on FanDuel yet, because over the past six years, six and a half years, I played ninety eight plus percent of my volume on DraftKings. So that's why I'm taking advantage of the low stakes. But like we go here, here's a two fifty nine train, right? Came in seventy sixth, right? So that was a popular lineup. This was a popular lineup. Build Ball, Hampton, Payne, McCollum, Bridges, Durant, Hayes, Herbert Jones, and Jonas Valanciunas. So really, that that really killed this type of lineup. So if you played Jonas on FanDuel over Drummond, at much cheaper, obviously. But if we go down to the bottom, like if we go like here, here's Ball Hog, here's 233. I mean, if you take a look at this lineup on FanDuel. This was this was someone's cash lineup, and I apologize if uh, Ball Hogs is was watching or something. I'm going to make fun of him, but this was not a very good cash lineup, right? Outside of, I mean, if you just take a look at the ownership, Michael Bridges and Cole Anthony, sure, right? But I mean, I mean, look at all this: Montrez Harrell, Isaiah Jackson, Darius Baisley. Like what? Like this is a very bad 
FanDuel cash line, regardless if it did well or not. This is what I want to see in my contests. I go to the next one. Here's a 246 lineup. Seth Curry, Marcus Morris, Jaron Jackson. I mean, yeah, Durant, Bridges, Miles Bridges, Clay Thompson, but like this is a poor lineup also. You go to the net, like low, low, low end over here. This wasn't, this actually wasn't that bad of a line in comparison. And then we look at the top. Let's say we go to the top. Right. So in the 396.10, this wasn't that bad of a line. Okay. Because it had Nora, Wiggins, Garland. I don't consider this that bad of a line at all because it's still contained. This is, this was, this, these were, these were viable parts of your FanDuel cash pool. Right. So I take a look at this and I go, okay. Right. Yeah. No McCollum. No, no. You know, Durant was 73% owned in this. I still play Drummond in there. So this isn't that bad. So how about, how about here? 382. So here's a, here's a, here's a normal lineup, right? Mobley, Looney, Hampton. I mean, the, these are, these are normal. These are normal things. Right. So you just look through and you're more likely in a hundred man double up to find like, like lineups that project poorly. That, that they're giving up 10, 15 points in projection. This isn't that bad either. This contest actually had pretty good, pretty decent competition. Let's take a look at this one. Yeah, like I can see Kevin Love didn't do much. But you're more likely with 100, 100 people in it to find people that make big mistakes. And enough so that it may even cover the rate. So out of, out of the out of the hundred opponents, like like typically the rake for these are like twelve percent or so, eleven percent, something something like that. Uh, if you could if you could find you know 10, 10 to fifteen opponents who are making markedly worse lineups from a projection standpoint, the rake is kind of paid for already. Now if you're playing a ten man 50-50, it's most likely that nine of the sharpest players in the lobby are already in that contest. That knows nine sharpest players, nine out of 100 is different than nine out of 10. So that's, to me, that's the difference between playing small, small field double ups, 50-50s and large field stuff. So you, and depending on the amount of entries, like the multi-entry ones, oh, there's 2,000 entrants, but you could enter up to 20 times. Well, typically the sharper players are entering 20 of the same lineup again. So you really, if, if, you're, if you're looking to increase your ROI, you're more likely, more likely, not guaranteed, more likely to find weaker fields, the larger the double up or 50-50 is, and single entry, right? So the good players, the, the best players in the lobby don't make up the larger portion of the contest. So that would be the difference, right? So truthfully, you should probably be looking out for the larger stuff. And if you're going to play 10-man 50-50s, be very discerning on who, what, which ones you play. Meaning that you like everyone, you, you look at the entrance and you, and you memorize names, you, you, names that you see over and over again. If you look through and you go in a 10-man 50-50, if you could find two players in it, two that you're like, I don't recognize these people. Two of them. That may be good enough. But I mean, it doesn't mean they play badly, but the fact that you don't recognize who they are, moral, they're not, they're not the sharpest players in the lobby. So if you could find two, one, any, that would be better than just blindly playing 10-man 50-50s with the sharpest players in the lobby. This happens a lot in, in, the, in the smaller niche sports. Like uh, like soccer, like I play I play cash games in soccer, and uh, I can tell you that it's it's one it's it's probably the sharpest lobby in on DraftKings, and I'll play an eleven man double up, and it'll be ten out of eleven, and it's me and the nine best players in the lobby also, like like we're we're all just looking for like one schmuck two schmucks to enter some of these contests, and the rake is paid for, but there isn't as much volume that you can get in soccer. So a lot of times I'm entering the, I'm entering everything in the lobby and 
just hoping for the best. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully a couple of schmucks do. Right? You look through the three-man lobby. Right? You look through the three-man lobby and you look for a, can I find someone that I don't recognize? I've been playing soccer DFS for six and a half years. That's what I started with. So I'm looking through head-to-heads or whatever and whatever action I can get, that's a week, that's what I go after. Which means on some slates, I will have much less volume than on other slates. There are some soccer slates, some EPL slates on a, on a Saturday that I, I'm, I only have like 700 bucks in action. There are some, some slates that I have 2,000 in action, right? Depending on who I find in the lobby. Sometimes I go and I see some, some person I never, I never seen before is posting a $530 head-to-head. Well, I'm taking that. And then there are some, there are some slates where the head-to-head lobby is bare, nothing. Everyone is, why, why am I going to trade rate with, with other sharp players in the lobby, right? So, I, I mean, you use your head-to-head blocks on DraftKings, and then I'm not going to just, I'm not going to enter three mans with uh, Saramek and Redcoat just for the sake of getting extra volume. Like, it just, it, it makes no financial sense. The, are, that, that the edge between us is so small that DraftKings will end up with the money. We played this, this slate a thousand times. All three of us would be losing. Right, so I'm looking, going through. Can I? Can I? Sometimes you you go through a hundred and nine dollar three man. It's two out of three. You go, okay. There's Saramek, and then there's someone I've never heard of. I don't. Okay, as long as someone I've never seen before is in there, okay, I'll I'll play that three man. I'll play that three man. Or I mean, also there are people that I've seen before that I know aren't very good players. Right, so sometimes I look for those guys also that may play high stakes, and I look at their lineups and I go, yep, yep. Uh, whenever they whenever they decide to play a slate, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to snag a head to head or a three man or something with them in it. But that's what you should be doing, especially with the with the smaller bankroll. The smaller the bankroll that you have, the more contest selection will matter. So if you're all, if you're gonna be playing a hundred dollars of volume on one lineup for like cash games or something, like hundred dollars, you could find the the softest action that you want for a hundred bucks, definitely. Now, if you're looking to play $5,000 worth of volume, you're probably not, you're not gonna find all 5,000 against the softest people. You, you, it's just not, it's rarely gonna happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe eight years ago, maybe, maybe something like that. But for a hundred bucks, 300, but probably up to 500 bucks, right? You could, in, a, in a major sport like NBA or MLB or NFL, definitely NFL. So you should be you should be spending your time on finding the softest competition, and and that will make the biggest effect on your ROI. I say I say that in the course, right? If you go get the theory of D, daily fantasy sports, fifteen hour audio DFS masterclass, theoryofdfs.com. You can see the table of contents here, right? I explain in in one of the chapters. I think in uh, maybe not number chapter two, chapter one, chapter two, in the the very beginning, that the biggest effect on your profitability in DFS is the strength of your opponents. It's very similar to to an axiom in in poker. You'll make more, more money off of the mistakes of your opponents than the brilliance of your own play, right? So like I yeah yeah if I'm if I'm going to be playing a one-on-one basketball game with with LeBron James like I'm I'm going to lose right but if I play a one-on-one basketball game with a with a 4-year-old it's in a wheelchair it's at least I I'm a favorite in that game at least in that game I'm I'm a, I may not I may actually lose some some games against the 4-year-old in a wheelchair I may but I'm probably going to be the favorite right so who do I want to play well, if we're playing for fifty bucks a game, I want to play. I want to play the. I want to play the paralyzed four-year-old, in the, in the wheelchair. That that I'm I'm at probably a nine-to-one favorite, right? But maybe not more than that. What right? I'm hearing I'll, I'll is to hit some free throws. What right? I'm hearing Hopefully is I'll get fouled. Blender's got game, basically, is what we're hearing. Right. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how good you are, you just have to find people that are worse than you. Now, obviously, the better that you get at DFS more of the field is worse than you, right? So the two things that the, the two things that you can do to increase your profitability in DFS or go from a losing player to a winning player 
an unprofitable player to a profitable player is do one of two things or both. In a utopian world, both. Either get better yourself or find weaker opponents. And the easier thing to do is to find weaker opponents. So on some slates, maybe you don't find that many. You, you can't find that many. Okay, so you have less action. So a lot of people think in terms of, of bankroll size, like a percentage. Oh, I'm going to play 3% of my bankroll per slate. Like truthfully, that should be a baseline. Like you go, okay, I'm going to play 3%. You know, I have a $10,000 bankroll and I'm going to play $300. 3% of my bankroll per slate. Let's say you're, you're playing like cash games or something. You're playing one lineup for 3%, right? That should, to me, that's a baseline. If you find weaker opponents on a specific slate and you're like, oh, there's an edge here and there's an edge there, maybe you're playing 5% on that slate. And maybe on another, the, the ne very next day, you're like, you're going through the head-to-head -head lobbies, you're going through, you know, looking at the three minutes and you, and you really like, you can't find any schmucks, right? You can't find any weak, weak double-ups, weak head-to-head -head lobby. Weak, and maybe you're only playing, maybe you're only playing $120 of action on that slate. You're playing 1.2% of your bankroll on that slate. And then the next slate you find, you know, oh, there's, there's $209 head-to-heads that, so no badgers there. Okay, well, there, there you go, right? You got, there's two, that, that's $218. And maybe on that slate, you're playing 6% on that slate because you found, you found weaker stuff. That's what you should be gauging it by, not just have this just straight number of like, I'm going to play X percent no matter what. And also it depends on your strengths as a player. Sure, some people are very good at smaller slates. Some people are much better at larger slates, different sports, right? I'm, I play a larger percentage of my bankroll for NFL because NFL compared to other sports are, are softer fields, typically in the beginning of the season, right? You get a lot of, got a lot of new money, new dead money, easy money. You know, you look at their head, they're, they're picking up $20, $50 head deads and you take a look at their lineups and you go, I don't even know how you came, came about this lineup, right? Like you think that it's almost straightforward. Like, oh, you can play this guy, this guy, this guy, and it's going to be like a 2v2 against most sharp players. And you take a look at their lineup and no, you're not even sharing a single player. Like how did this person even come on? And a lot of times, you know, you can end up being a three to one, four to one favorite against that person, right? You want to find, the, you want to find that action, okay? So, and so maybe, foot, maybe football, NFL main slates on, on Sundays, you have a larger percentage. And maybe for showdown, you don't, because the edge in showdown may be, may be much smaller. Maybe you're very good in those types of slates, right? That's that, that maybe you're good at, at, at GPP slates where duplication is an issue. There you go. Knowing how to get unique smartly. That may be a strength of yours. So you're going to dedicate more percentage of your bankroll towards those slates. When I play soccer, like I'll take head-to-heads up to 530 bucks. So I'm a thousand bucks. I rarely ever, I rarely found find thousand dollar head to heads uh, with people that I I want to play, but I would in 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 EPL soccer. I'll do that no problem. But in baseball, I don't. Right? I don't. I don't. I really don't play cash games in baseball. It's a very high variance, and uh, I don't see how you could be that dramatically of an underdog in a head to head situation. <laughs> dramatically enough maybe maybe 60 40 at best is how, how much how much of a favorite you could be over any any lineup essentially assuming that you fill out a 50k in salary that you fill out everything and everyone's playing you didn't just you didn't roster three guys from a game that got ringed out right as long as you have active players in in your lineup i don't it, it's very hard to be a more than a 40 percent underdog in mlb but you could be more than a 40 percent underdog in a lot of other sports nba definitely right? NFL, definitely. Soccer, definitely. So I'm looking, I'm looking for those people. And I'm, I'm divvying up my action based on that, based on the, the edge that I perceive that I have on a slate. Oh, uh, let's see. We're just going to answer questions today. Is there a point? Is there a point going to 12 game slate today? There's, there's nothing. And what, what did we go over yesterday? Cameron Payne did well. Okay. The Suns did well. You got Suns, you did well. Kevin Durant decided to just stay on the court. Yeah, Bruce Brown did everything. 
apparently yesterday for the Nets. And then the, and the Pelicans front court, I have no idea what happened there, right? They ended up getting blown out, right? But it's like Hayes got no points and Joval got no points. And like, well, who played? And then I looked through the NBA and it's like, apparently got a lot of Najee Marshall and Elise Johnson was in. They, they, I don't, Hayes just, I don't know. He went home. He only played 14 minutes with, 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 three, with three total points on Fanduel. Right, McCollum did everything. So if he had McCollum, that was fun. But that front court, I, I don't know what happened there. But what, what, is, what is there to talk about? I have no idea, right? Even if I look through on results DB, if I go to <coughs> compare exposures, right, on DraftKings, yeah, see, I played on Fanduel, so the pricing is a little bit different. Like Landry Shamet wasn't really much of a play on Fanduel. Aiton was okay, right? Jordan Warrer, I guess, right? I mean, the Suns were just <coughs> way too cheap on DraftKings, but they were they were reasonably priced on on FanDuel. But I mean, what am I going to do? Just go through? I mean, Lamelo, the, the 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 Hornets were getting blown out, then they came back. So what am I going to learn? I already looked through all this. That's why I'm answering questions in the YouTube chat for now. Peter Ortenberg. Uh, when using the late swap option on lineup HQ, do we have the option to keep our bill rules and should we use that option? Yes, you do have that option. When you, when you put, when you upload your entry CSV here, you're going to see in this area, like, can I do this? Let's see. I, I, can I put in, can I put in like, yes, some old one? It may give me an error. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to give me an error because it's not the right slate, <laughs> but you'll see a checkbox that's pre-checked that says relax build rules. It's pre-checked because a lot of people don't understand that, that once you, half your lineups are locked in or whatever, some of your build rules may end up being like, it can't even follow them, right? I want four unique players, no more than one from this team. I wanna make sure to run back this thing with that thing. I don't want more than 10% of this guy. And I want you know ownership to be less than 180, like, and it's gonna blow up. It's going to say, I, like, I can't, like, I, those lineups can't be made anymore, right? You already have half the players locked into your lineups. So it's like, I, the lineup builder, it's like, oh, you got 100 lineups. Ah, based on your build rules, I can only make, like, 16 of them, right? So when that relaxed build rules is checked, that means it kind of ignores most of your build rules. So once it ignores most of your build, then it's just kind of filling in based on, like, projection. It, with the checkbox enabled, it will at least be able to give you the late swap of all of your lineups, right? So if you uncheck relax build rules, then it'll it'll adhere to all of your build rules. Now you just have to understand that when you do late swap, when it uses all your build rules, you may not get all of your lineups. So you may have to uh, relax some of them yourself, one by one. You may have to go through and go, go well. Uh, Am I, is the salary floor too high? If you're like, oh, it has to spend 49.9. It's like, well, like half the player pool has already started. So maybe some of these swaps, you it ends up with a lineup that's 49.5 or 49.3 or 49.7. But you have it in 49.9. So that's why you're not getting, you're only getting 16 out of your 100 lineups. So now you set the salary floor to 49,000 and now you're getting 54 of your 100 lineups. Okay. And then maybe you go in and you're like, okay, maybe unique players four. That may be a little too harsh for the fact that, you know, half of my players are already locked in. So set that down to three. And then see, maybe now you're getting 78 of your lineup. Oh, maybe set it down to two. Maybe, maybe that only having 10% of this guy is causing problems. And you're like, okay, I don't mind 25%. And now that now, now it's able to late swap all of your 100 lines. So, so, Based on, I mean, what you want to do, that's that's what I do. If anytime that I'm looking to just like jam something, that's when I start relax. That's when I use the checkbox. It's five minutes before a game locks. Some guy just got ruled out and it makes like some $3,800 player, like plus 12 salary adjusted value. And I just want, I want him into as, as many lineups as I can. And I only got four minutes to do it. That's when I, I leave the relaxed build rules checked. And I'm just like, give me as much of this guy and fill out the rest of the lineups with however, however the projection lands. I want the highest projected lineups now. 
And then I just go through that, let it build, export that, upload it. And, you know, within, you know, four minutes, you know, you could do that, right? But typically I uncheck that checkbox and I will, I will manually relax some of the build rules if I'm having problems generating lines. Uh, Daniel Hutchins says, to your poker point, the difference between a good player and a great player is much smaller than the difference between a good player and a bad player. That's correct, right? In DFS, if, if, like the, really the, the top level players that play DFS, the difference between, if I go through like results TV, for instance, I, I, I study some of the Chipotle addict, JBC, Kobe for MVP, Royal Pain, Chip My Money, Brick 75, Jesus Good, Decalts, Nerdy Tenor, Oxen Duck, Petty Theft, RBX, Whistles, uh, bro. Like the difference between all, like me, the difference between me and all, and everyone that I'm listing here is, is minimal, right? In basketball, I think, you know, I think like Petty Theft is, is, is very good. I think Oxen Duck, I'm trying to figure out what the hell he does. It's good. Kobe for MVP in, in basketball or Mazwa also on like FanDuel. Very good at basketball, right? There's some that are better at baseball. There's some that are, that are better at football, like Chipotle Attic and Papa Gates, great at NFL, right? But the difference between them and everyone else on this list is not that much different. Maybe, maybe 5%, like a 5% difference. Between like me in basketball, the difference between me and petty theft is probably 5%, which at the high end is a lot, which could equate to a lot more money, right? I'm profitable, but he's, he, he'll get an extra bink, an extra two. Obviously we're playing different volumes and, and he plays like all the high stake stuff also, right? It's in, in comparison. But as far as like from a skill perspective, like the difference, the difference between all, all these players is, is is fairly marginal, but the difference between like if if I'm five percent worse than petty theft, how about the difference? How about a bad player? I may be I may be forty percent better than that player, right? So that the gap between the bad players and the average players is wide, and the difference between the average players and the good players is pretty pretty decent. But the difference between the good players and the great players, not as much. There's, 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 not, there's not that much difference. Like it, we take cash games, for example, not just GPPs. Like me going in, on, on NBA in, in, on FanDuel and me playing against like McLovin or something or, or, or Aardvark or whoever's there, or if I'm playing uh, whoever, whoever is, whoever, whoever's in the cast, but normal sharp players. Our lineups are essentially usually 2v2s. And the projection difference is like a point at most. It came down to, uh, well, I had this guy for one more minute than that guy. Like that type of, it's really, or a construction thing. Well, I played Durant and Miles Bridges and someone played Michael Bridges and Giannis and that was the 2v2 and I lost. Like that type of thing. But like everything else is the same. All of, seven other players are the same in my life. So the difference that, that, that what, what, were, what were we competing for? Like, what, what are the chances in a VIG-free environment, even if, even at best, it's a 51-49, 52-48, right? Maybe my lineup was slightly better than his lineup. Maybe his lineup was slightly better, maybe, slightly. 52-48, maybe, something like that. But against the lineup that has, you know, I saw Isaiah Jackson and a lineup that probably projected... 25 points lower than my lineup. Like I'm a four to one favorite, right? Like, like I'm an, I'm an 80, 20 favorite in that spot. So like, that's a bad, the difference between a bad player and a good player, right? An average player may have a lineup that's like five points, four points projected, maybe four or five points projected lower than mine for like something like NBA. That's still like, that's 60, 40, right? What's the edge there in, it, in like a four-point projection difference? 57, 43, 60, probably something like 60, 40, probably 58, 42, which will cover the rate because obviously 55, 45 would be the break-even point. So the difference between a good player and an average player is about that. But the bad players 
I mean, you could be you could be 75-25 over, you know, a three-to-one favorite over the bad players. So can you find the bad players, right? And obviously, the better you are, you can find the average players also. How many average players can I find? Stuff like that. So the, the key point is that, you know, getting from, getting from average to good is worth a lot more than getting from good to great. Now, as the ecosystem matures and players from the bad level drop off and the players that are average start getting better, <coughs> now the profitability for the good players starts going down because you could find less and less average or bad players. But that's how the ecosystem works. And I talk, we talk, I talk extensively about the ecosystem in, in, in chapter, chapter two, right? Talk about the skill gap right here, the skill gap, the rake, right? That's in the game objective, objectives chapter of, uh, of the course. It's an hour and 30 minute chapter. So you go to theoryofdfs.com. I talk about, this is how professionals think about playing DFS. It's a market. You have to. That's why so many top DFS players come from poker, come from finance, come from some type, some type of game, uh, money market type of background, computer programming. You know, like very analytical thinking in terms of not that this is this is a sports game, but this is more of a. It's a like in poker. A lot of people think poker is a game of cards played with money. But in fact, it's a game of money that plays with cards. Really, money is what, what the game is. <sighs> Daniel Hutchins says, I heavily doubt there's a player alive who has an edge versus blender in cash, for instance, because the rake dominates. Yeah, an edge past the rake. That's the key. Like, no, I'm, they're, I, I think there are better cash players than me. In, in in like in like in soccer, like Saramek's great, Redcoat's great, right? We have PSU fans and Fear My Turtle here at Rotogrinders, great cash players, great you know single entry small field GP play, they're great. But compared to the rate, like none of us, even if you want to say that Saramek is better than me, he's not better than me to beat the rake also, right? He's not more than a 55-45 favorite over me if there is an edge. And I don't think, and if he doesn't even have an edge over me, no one possibly can. That could also beat the rake, right? Because you always have to take that into context. And that's the reason why in like the soccer cash lobby, I block, you know, I don't play Pew and Saramek and all those. And it had, they're in the head-to-head -head lobby. And that some of the rake at the higher level is like 7%, but I don't think any of us are more than 7% edge over each other. So at, in the long run, DraftKings makes the money, right? We end up going 53-47 in some direction. And like, I'm down X amount of money and the other person's down just this amount of money. So we're both down, right? So is there a point in playing? No, there isn't. I'm trying to find the players that are more than a 55-45 edge over. And once you get to a good enough level, once you get to, once you get to some threshold like that, there's no player that above you that, that's great enough that, that could beat you over the rake. So that's your goal, right? To get to that level, right? And then, then, you went, then, then it just comes down to finding as many average and bad players as you can. Uh, let's see. Ryan Johnson says, I feel Yahoo is full of bad players. I've won 12 consecutive 50-50 games. Okay, that, that doesn't mean you're good. To, you're 12, 12 is nothing. To, to come back, you've won 64 in a row. Then, then well, I mean, that, I don't know if that'll ever happen. Uh, depends on it depends on the, uh, the 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 stakes levels on Yahoo, uh, and also depending who you're playing against. Ryan Johnson says, "And Blender is correct. Is me and the same eight or nine other players every day, and I will feel confident I will beat them." I I don't know about that. If you're playing against the same people over and over again, they're not bad players. Right. So here's here's the thing when it comes to judging your results. OK. Uh, good. If, if people if you're if you're playing against the same people over and over again for a long periods of time. That 
it's not like they're bad players. It's not, these aren't like people that, oh, I got, I got $17 million and I like donating to the, to the lobby. Like, no, that these are, these are profitable players. Like I said yesterday about the 150 matches, you're rarely going to find people that enter 150 lineups into a contest for an extended amount of time and not be sharp players. Because anyone that does that for a significant amount of period and is not good will go broke pretty quickly, like very quickly. So if you see it's like, like going through and on results DB and I go through like, oh, let me take a look at the Colts. Like the Colts have been playing 150 lineups for years. The chances of him being a bad player are very, very low, right? Rick 75, not a bad player, right? So most people that put in 150 lineups are not bad players, right? Especially if you've seen them for an extended amount of time. Very similarly to, to even the cash line. If you see someone posting head-to-heads and you've been seeing them posting head-to-heads for years, they're not, they're not, un, they're profitable cash players, okay? Use Occam's razor as a guide. If you see someone posting $109, $215, dollar head-to-heads for four years, most likely whatever lineup, you're, if you look at their lineup and you're like, while their lineup is six players different than my lineup, most likely you're wrong. Most likely. Assuming that they didn't screw up or something, a bad CSV upload or something. But most likely, if you're playing against the same eight or nine people and you look at their lineups and your lineup is significantly different than their lineups, it's more likely that you're wrong and getting lucky if you're winning against them than they're bad. It's more likely. Not saying that, it, that, it, that it's true, but it's more likely. That's the main reason why going through results DB and going like, what did, what did, what did sharp players do? What did 150 maxers do? How did their line, what did their lineups look like? Were your lineups for the contest that you're playing reasonably enough similar to theirs? Reasonably enough, right? If you played some guy at 2% ownership and you're like, I played him in every lineup and you look through and like no one has him, it's most likely it's not, it's not you. No matter if that player could have put up 700 points and it doesn't matter what the results are. The fact that you had him and like no one else in the world that, that it has been, that is, a profitable player had him. Most likely, it's you that were wrong, and you got lucky. Which, which that's what DFS is. It's a ma- it's a management of luck. So that's the purpose of going through, and find and studying sharp players. That's how I learned how to play soccer. Right, my first year of playing soccer DFS, that was the same people. I mean, Saramac and Redcode and Old T and Pew. I would play. I would build a lineup and I would have four people different than they had. I go, why did they play this guy? Why did they play that thing? Why did they pay down here? So I would see the same, it's like, oh, they all played this person. I didn't even think about them. Go, oh, because of X, Y, and Z, and then you learn, right? Right, instead of just like, well, it doesn't matter if I beat, beat them on this given slate. I want to be profitable long-term, not, uh, not for, you know, three slides. Oh, I beat them for three slides. Yeah. Because even my bad lineup back then, they were still made at most 65, 35 against me. Right. And I look back at my results from, from head to heads or something back in uh, 2015 and 2016, I was still a profitable player, but I only, it was only like a 2% ROI. And then I got better. And then I, I brought it up to a 10 to 15% ROI. And then I got limited from, from the low stakes, and then it comes back to like four or five percent. But studying sharp players, don't don't I know better? But all the sharp players did this. Most likely, if you think just Occam's razor, most likely you're the one that's wrong, not not twenty other players in the lobby. Okay, so we went over some stuff. This wasn't you know like it wasn't NBA related, but. This is the type of stuff we talk about in the Blenders Game Theory channel in the Discord, right? On the on the private coaching calls that I do. We don't even record them. So you're, people are free to open up. People open up much more when they know this ain't going to be posted anywhere, right? No one's recording anything. 
You could talk, you know, honestly and transparently. I do normally. I don't mind recording the calls, but there's some people that that play that don't want to don't want to give out stuff, right? They don't they don't want to be in the public sphere, right? They they don't want to feel embarrassed if they're a losing player, and then also the winning the the winning players that have, have may have found some edges that other people haven't. Maybe want to discuss it with me and not have it broadcast throughout everywhere. So whatever stays in the Zoom, whatever is in the Zoom, it stays in the Zoom, just like Las Vegas. So join that. We got uh, at ten o'clock. Uh, what eight o'clock tomorrow, right? Because because uh, like we we have like a, a lock tomorrow that is like seven, and then like most of the games are over by eight. So like by eight o'clock, you don't have to worry that much about late swap. So we'll do that private coaching call tomorrow. The the link will be posted in. Uh, the the Discord. So join that. Join Roto Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. We got all. We got all. We got tons of sports. If MLB comes back, we got MLB too, right? USFL. I don't know. I, we may. I, are we going to be doing projections for that? I don't know. I'll find out. Because uh, the spring football. Why not? We got golf. We got NASCAR, MMA, college, college. We got March Madness. Right? Is it March Madness? Is NCAA coming up? Right, they should have decent tournaments for that, and we got that also. So, so join Roto Grinders. I've been here. I, I've been here. I, I, I've been what hosting, but for like two and a half years or something like that. I was a Roto Grinder subscriber since 2016. I eat my own dog food, so it's like I'm not gonna. I'm not selling you on something that like like I don't use. No, I literally I use Results DB. I use Lineup HQ. I use our projections. I I use everything on the site. So it's not like, oh, I have this proprietary stuff and then I'm just trying to pitch you on other thing. No, this is literally what I use. Okay, so join Roto Grinders, join the Discord, hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Thummy thumbs, give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Got Grinders Live later today. It's a big 12-game slate with God knows how many people on the injury report. You're going to have to tune in to find out, right? So the Dean and the crew will take care of you then. Then for premium members, we got crunch time. So like, you know, 45 minutes, the last 45 minutes before lock, we got Meansy, we got Roth. They, you know, this guy's out, this guy's in, this guy's whatever, starting lineup changes. You'll know right on the spot uh, what to do. So uh, so in, until, until tomorrow, until tomorrow, uh, I'll see you answering your DFS strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.